Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. It's time for Midday Edition on KPBS, the new podcast Everybody's Doing It with Miss Lolly. Explore sexual health. We'll talk about it. I'm Jade Hindman. Here's to conversations that keep you informed, inspired, and make you think. It's something most people do, yet rarely talk about in the open. It's like a PSA, you know, like let's everybody's doing it and we're all having fun with it. And if you're not, you should be. Sex and its benefits to the mind, body and overall wellness. I mean, from a healthcare perspective, just, I mean, sex is beneficial to your mental well-being, your physical well-being, your cardiac health. The new KPBS podcast that lifts the taboo around sex. That's ahead on Midday Edition. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. A note to listeners, today's conversation is about sex. Some content may not be appropriate for children. Sex, everyone is doing it, but no one really talks about it, at least not publicly. Yet the cultural influences on sexuality and the role sex plays in our daily lives shapes who we are. So exactly how do we bring up a topic that's so basic to our being, yet considered so taboo? Well, a new KPBS podcast is doing just that. It's called Everybody's Doing It with Miss Lolly. I have this phrase, saving the world one orgasm at a time, because we often think our sex lives are superfluous. They're extra. They're not important. Pleasure in general is often viewed as, who's got time for that? I'm busy raising my kids. I'm busy making a living. When we don't allow ourselves to feel pleasure, we're just, we're sort of flat. We're not living our best lives. 
Miss Lolly is a licensed marriage and family therapist who uses her expertise to create a safe space for intimate conversations with strangers. She is joining us along with a couple of guests from her episodes. Mistress Sweet Tea, who is a dominatrix, uh, is featured on the episode called Old Folks Like Sex 2. And Nurse Ryan, who is a sex and disability advocate, featured on the episode called Sex and Disability. Welcome to you all. It's really great to have you on Midday Edition. Thank you. Miss Lolly, I'm going to start with you. First, is that your real name? No, no. I like to keep my professional therapist life separate from this life. So Miss Lolly is a name that I've had since I was little. Uh, my family has called me Lolly since my sister was two. And uh, everybody that is close to me calls me Lolly. So I became Miss Lolly about 20 years ago. And so that's my other life. Does that anonymity open the door for more honest conversations, you think? For me, absolutely. Yeah, because I'm a very honest, open person. But um, if I'm going to be publicly honest and open, um, I like the idea that um, the people that I work with professionally, that I'm there for them and that they're not there for me. You know what I mean? And so um, if they know too much about me, then I may not be able to do my job properly for them. So I like Miss Lolly and Miss Lolly is so much a part of who I am that it it follows me on stage when I play music. It follows me at home with my um, close friends and family. So yeah, I get to feel very much so myself as Miss Lolly. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, everyone is thinking about and talking about sex behind closed doors, um, but your podcast offers people a chance to move those conversations out into the open. And why is it important to do that? I feel it's important to do that so that we can make it a little less uh, scary and intimidating to explore sexually. We are all doing it, you know, and even if you're not doing it, you are consciously not doing it. It's like a choice you make, like being vegan. It's not something that you just never think about. And so uh, the fact that there are so many taboo things out there is really kind of sad to me. And I would love, it's like a PSA, you know, like let's, everybody's doing it and we're all having fun with it. And if you're not, you should be. And here are some people to talk to who can help you figure out how to have more fun in your sex life. I mean, why do you think so much taboo exists around the topic of sex when, I mean, well, everyone's doing it. Oh, there's so many reasons for that. Culturally, you know, religiously, uh, there's a lot of shame attached to sexual acts and, you know, a lot of focus on on sex being just for a couple or a married couple or procreation. It's supposed to be done a certain way. And a lot of people have have emotional damage from those boxes that they're put in and that their sexuality is put in. And I also feel like culture, our society makes money off of people having shame in some ways, you know? So there's a big industry out there um, telling you how you're supposed to feel about yourself. And they they function off of us not feeling very good about ourselves. And so having people talk about sex openly and describe their own personal experiences it makes it just more accessible. And then you get to kind of just live in your own skin and go, yeah, I am sexy in my skin. I am sexy when I do this thing or that thing. And it's okay that I enjoy this. It's empowering to have these conversations. I mean, do you think that this shame and this hush-hush attitude towards sex 
um, is just an American thing or does it cross cultural lines? Um, I think there's lots of cultures out there that are similar to ours. Um, and there's lots of cultures out there that aren't and where it's not shameful and um, where it's celebrated like it should be. And Mr. Sweet Tea, I see you nodding your head there. What do you have to add to that? Well, I think it's important to have these conversations as we should remove any barriers to um, intimacy, pleasure, um, exploration with our bodies. Uh, I do agree that it is not just an American thing. Um, I would say in more patriarchal cultures, there tends to be a lot of shame, especially around women. Um, and tied with that are beauty standards and ageism that are often tied to women. In some uh, religious cultures, there is um, some shame and things tied around, you know, sex is for procreation and abstinence and marriage. And we're starting to see some waves of that in, you know, the current polarized society we're in with these laws that we have around our bodies and uh, reproduction. But there are other cultures around the world that uh, explore uh, and welcome sex and sexual objects are very common. Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, you know, it's not uncommon to be in Bali or Indonesia and see penises as like charms available, like wooden charms or keychains or souvenirs. And it's 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 a culturally acceptable thing. And you see statues of people embraced uh, in different, you know, different acts and different um, like lovemaking positions. And as Miss Lolly said, it's celebrated. But then there are very repressive cultures in other parts of the world for women where they can't show their bodies and they basically don't have sexuality. Their sexuality is owned by, you know, their husband or their their family. And that's very unfortunate. And Nurse Ryan, what are your thoughts? Um, I absolutely agree. I mean, as a woman with a disability, I kind of come from a background, whereas I am not expected to have sexual thoughts or feelings because of a, my disability. I use a wheelchair and suddenly, as soon as I was on four wheels instead of two legs, it was like all aspect of my sexual my sexuality was non-existent and no longer mattered. I have been a wheelchair user for the past five years, but I've been working in healthcare for the last 15 and so I also saw that throughout my healthcare career that there, that as soon as we see people with chronic illnesses, any kind of physical differences, suddenly that sexuality is taking into question so much more um, to the fact that for me and my advocacy work, you know, it, and it really doesn't matter as far as borders go, like anywhere around the world, like find me a place where disability is, you know, <laughs> accepted as people who are allowed to be sexual. And so I, I definitely agree and I agree with today's culture. We're in a, we're in an interesting spot where people who were previously neglected as far as being thought of as sexual beings are kind of coming out of the word work and saying, Hey, you know what? No, I am here and I am deserving of pleasure and of love. And Miss Lolly, you know, you're a marriage and family therapist. How does that help you when interviewing people about such an intimate subject like sex? And how does your background help inform the topics on your podcast? I'm hoping that I create a safe space to have an open conversation and that I ask the kind of questions that aren't really meant to be just like question, answer, question, answer. It's more meant to be like, here's a setup for a conversation. 
And then I'll go through and I'll edit the conversation and pick the pieces out. But really, I'm not asking for an answer to a question. I'm looking for a full-blown conversation where that might end up someplace different from where we started. And I feel like the place that we end up is where the real conversation needs to be had. Sometimes we're talking for two hours and I got to find 10 minutes out of that two hours. But the real, real stuff is in the nooks and crannies. Even sometimes when I'm like, all right, we're done. I'm going to turn off the microphone. And then we're still talking. And I'm like, no, wait, I'm turning it back on. You know, (laughs) because now we're going, now we're getting, we're getting cooking. Like, (laughs) and if there's laughs, I know that we're also doing, we're doing something good for a good service public service, because we are really bringing the joy of sex um, into the conversation. I want to echo something Miss Lolly said. I find when screening clients, they come to me and they say certain things, but they're not used to talking about sex. We're not used to having these conversations and we're not comfortable using the language sometimes that uh, we need to. We don't know the language to use, right? So it seems, especially talking to older gentlemen, they're very uncomfortable with some of the language and they don't know also if they're saying like a appropriate PC language as well. So when it comes to seniors, they know what they like and they know physically what they like and they know visually what they like. But you have to really have open conversation with open-ended questions. And sometimes people present to me, they're heteronormative, uh, but I kind of like this little kinky stuff. I want to try this. And then it's a full-blown 360. They actually want something completely different than what they came to me for and they know why they came to me it just took all this stuff to get it out and I also find with females sometimes it's even harder because they don't know how to describe the pleasure that they want and they don't know how to describe this um feeling that they have a lot of times women want to be submissive but it's not something that they can do uh in their normal lives in a way that's accepted but it's funny because we often think or we say or we identify as something because that's what we're used to saying in our vanilla or regular persona identify as a strong female or what what have you but when it comes to sex and intimacy and pleasure we have maybe the total opposite and that's perfectly fine. And it takes exploration often to find that, but we don't often have language. And I'm sure Ryan can relate to that in the medical field that you often have a hard time talking with people sometimes that aren't in connection with their body or in touch with their body, or they don't know how to describe um, their body and mental feelings. Sometimes they don't have the language around it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, time and time again, and that, uh, interestingly enough for me, wasn't even just my patients. I was finding this in my practitioners and my physicians. And if I had a patient that was here, you know, for something even remotely sexual, they were just so incredibly uncomfortable broaching that information, especially with somebody who is, you know, either sick or disabled or some reason hospitalized. Um, to the point where I had to be like, guys, we went to med school for a reason. We can talk about like, talk about sex like grownups. But it really is just this, this stigma that it doesn't matter really who you are or what your background is. We have this just 
idea surrounding sex that it's something that it's taboo. We are not allowed to talk about it. We're not supposed to ask questions. You certainly shouldn't be asking your doctor sex advice. Oh my goodness. So I have clients that come to me and that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, born with a disability who have never had a medical or healthcare practitioner discuss sex or intimacy or anything, safe sex discussions or even anything other than that. And with, you know, disability, you're coming into play with different types of sensation, different ability levels, different things that you would call, quote unquote, sex. It takes discussion. But as a, unfortunately, as a, as a community, as a country right now, I, I work heavily with the medical practitioners I run into, but it's just something you see across the board. It's this just general feeling of uncomfort. And I think that's why I absolutely adore being on this always podcast because it is a subject that is so near and dear to my heart. And I grew up with a family that just talked about sex like it was talking about what's for dinner, but not everybody grew up like that. And so having access and seeing that those people do exist and that is a way that you can live just helps kind of open that door and give a little bit more of a comfort level. We'd love to hear from you all. What are your thoughts on sex and what does it mean in your life? Give us a call at 619-452-0228. You can leave a message or you can email us at midday at kpbs.org. Coming up. I mean, just that act of exploring is a part of getting to know yourself that I feel like we overlook a lot. More of our conversation when we come back. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Welcome back to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman, joined by the host of Everybody's Doing It with Miss Lolly and some of her guests featured on her show, Nurse Ryan and Mistress Sweet Tea. A note to listeners, today's conversation is about sex. Some content may not be appropriate for children. Nurse Ryan, are there any stories that you've heard from patients that have really resonated with you? Absolutely. Um, One that I bring up a lot. And I have permission to tell this story because it was quite a few years ago. I was a working in a teaching hospital. And um, I remember my patient had advanced uh, multiple sclerosis. So she was bed bound. She was maybe in her early 50s. She was in a long-term committed marriage, um, very healthy sex life, no issues. Husband was her full-time caretaker. Didn't think anything of it until the medical students arrived at my office door asking, hey, you know, we we're worried that this patient has been sexually assaulted. I said, what? Like I had just gotten out of the room. Yes, she is bed bound, but she's completely alert and oriented. Her husband is a caretaker. I said, what, what made you think that this woman is, has been sexually assaulted? You know, that's quite, quite an accusation. I said, well, her labs and her chemistry and her urine is coming back with 
things in it that would only be there if she was sexually active. And so I'm just staring at him, staring at him. I said, okay, did you ask the patient if she was sexually active? She's been married for 30 years. And he said, well, did you, she's, she's bed bound. She uses a wheelchair. I'm sitting there in a wheelchair looking at him going, so march back down there and ask that poor woman if she is having sex with her husband before you start accusing him of sexually assaulting her. Sure enough, she thought, luckily, got a huge kick out of it, thought it was hilarious and why she allows me to tell this story. But it was just so comical because it was just absolutely out of the realm of possibility that this woman who was so far advanced in her diagnosis could possibly be thinking about pleasure or sexuality. Yeah, and that's a huge misconception that folks with disabilities aren't enjoying sex and can't enjoy sex. What other misconceptions do you all find when having conversations with people? Miss Lolly, I'll start with you. Well, I mean, those misconceptions are the entire point of this podcast. This sex and disability, sex and age, um, you know, sex with yourself, sex, you know, kinky sex, whatever it is. Um, I think there's misconceptions with that come with all of that. And um, I think the biggest one, I guess, would be that everybody that not everybody's doing it. You know, and it's like, but yeah, yeah, we are, <laughs> you know, um, or that if you are into things that are not, I hate using the term the norm, because I feel like the norm is kinkier than people think, <laughs> you know, like it's just nobody's talking about it. So like, if you really ask people, like, what are your kinks? More people than you think are into some stuff that's fun and exciting and and um, not, you know, missionary with your clothes on and the lights off. Right, right. And now, Mistress Sweet Tea, I've got to rewind it because you mentioned BDSM. First, what is that? BDSM or kink is um, a subset of... I guess, sexuality, where people participate in bondage, domination, servitude, um, or the S could be sadism and masochism. And what that means is that people have other types of activities that are sexually erotic to them, and they can include any of all of those areas. There is a big mental component to BDSM, as well as a physical component. Um, oftentimes, there is not uh, penetrative sex involved with BDSM, and that is uh, one of the reasons why uh, I have most of my clients over the age of 40. <laughs> the misconception around BDSM that I want to speak on today, uh, actually there are two of them. One is that people are mentally damaged, abused, or mentally ill that participate in BDSM. That is not the case. Um, the second thing is that BDSM is all about violence and it is not empowering to women. Clearly, I'm here to say it is very empowering to women, and you don't even have to be in a power role like I am as a dominatrix. Well, I mean, okay, so you are a dominatrix, yes, and you were yes. featured in this this episode, Old Folks Like yes. Sex, too. How did those two things come together? Because there is a huge misconception that those two things don't go together. So the misconception, number one, that comes to mind is that old people aren't interested in sex and stop having sex and that things don't work and that ageism is kind of tied to 
that's gross and we don't talk about that. And specifically, women are thought to lose interest in sex after menopause or in perimenopause. And in fact, health-wise, you know, Nurse Ryan can speak on that. You know, as she said, talking to a doctor about sex, forget it. So things change as you age, right? ED is a problem for men and vaginal dryness is a problem for women. Well, there are many things you can do to help those issues, but also you can explore other things. And intimacy is important to be refreshed and maintained at any age. And whether you find new ways, new, and we said something on the podcast about old dogs, new tricks and new toys. If you find new ways through BDSM or using toys or using role play or using different types of activities that are not the typical missionary, you know, penetrative sex, because your body maybe doesn't tolerate that anymore, then that is still an intimate and physical and pleasurable sensation. Most of my clients are over the age of 40, although I do see clients that are 18 and up. I find that older people are more comfortable for various reasons and start exploring kinks and other activities in BDSM. They're retired oftentimes, so they have time and money to spend on these activities as well. Uh, I also have a 27-year age gap in my relationship. So I have a partner that's much older than myself, and we have sex multiple times a week. And there's a misconception that we don't have regular sex and that we don't have sex at all or uh, other things around that. I'm curious from all of you, you know, like Ryan, for example, you are a disability and sex advocate. So what advice do you have for people in terms of being able to have healthy and enjoyable sex and work around any physical challenges they may have? I think what has helped me the most, so I kind of was brought into this world um, not only through nursing, but um, my before I had my nursing degree, my bachelor's was in human sexuality. And I was fascinated with just understanding why sex was such a taboo subject. And when I was diagnosed with my disability, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, when I was 16, I kind of started to slowly realize the same thing. Whereas people with disabilities um, in movies, you know, music videos, what have you, they're never the the sexy one. They're never the one that is the desirable one. You're the one you feel sorry for and all of that. And so when I went looking for information for myself as a patient, as far as sexual changes, I should expect on the line, you know, anything like that, I was horrified to find out that there was little to none. And so my advice to people who are new and wanting to explore further in any kind of you know sexuality, whether it be BDSM or just interested in what's out there, I say explore. There are so many incredible resources out there, like Miss Lolly's podcast. Um, I have my own video series that I started because of this that is specifically <laughs> only about the, the intersection of disability and sexuality and speaking to that. Well, say someone has a spinal cord injury, what are some ways they can explore having enjoyable sex? So the first thing that I tell people, especially spinal cord injuries, where there is such a drastic sudden loss of sensation um, in, you know, most times your pelvic area. So the one place that you think of as being sexual, you're like, well, that's right out. That doesn't work like it's supposed to anymore. 
the thing is, those same medications that we are prescribing for our older generations, there are ED medications that can be prescribed for our disabled people with penises. We have the same as far as dryness medications. The thing on from that is there's so much more to sexuality and intimacy. And a lot of times with um, a neurologic issue like a spinal cord injury, your things that you're finding pleasurable, your touches, they're completely different now. You may have been someone who was very, very into kisses on your inner thigh, for example. Well, you can't feel that anymore. So we have to change that, find it up. And your body is full of erogenous zones that no one thinks of behind the knees and the inside of your elbows. I mean, just anywhere. I've had clients that now since their spinal cord injury, they can reach an orgasmic state just from being kissed on the neck or playing with their nipples because that's what they have left to work with. There's also just broadening the mind as far as what you are thinking of as sex helps tremendously. So if you can't have traditional penis and vagina intercourse, like you were saying, you know, there's just there are toys, there are, you know, verbal play, there's sensory play in general. With the disabled population, I often turn them towards BDSM specifically for the sensory play issues that people get turned off. They see BDSM, they think, well, I don't want to be whipped and chained. No, there's so much more to it. And so I always encourage to just research, look and see what what's out there, what the possibilities truly are, um, because there's more out there than one would think. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Miss Lolly, how about you? Any advice for someone looking to explore healthy sex? The first thing comes to mind is to deal with your own shame about wanting to explore you know, um, to just be honest with yourself about your uh, needs and wants and desires so that you can feel safe in exploring. And, um, you know, because then you can open conversations. You can look for the toys. You can, you know, look at different types of porn. You can meet people and try to uh, make connections. But first, you have to be okay with the fact that that that's something that you need in your life. And how about you, Mr. Sweet Tea? What would your advice be? First of all, I would say for anyone at any age, the way to get started is think about something that you would like to try and do it. Just do it. If you want to see what it feels like for nipple stimulation, just try it. If you aren't sure and you want to do something more complicated, you can find it on the internet. You can find it literature. You can find things about it. Simply just think about what you would like to try, what turns you on, what's interesting to you, what's curious to you, or what feels good to you. Spend some time exploring in your body and feeling good. You don't have to have a partner to do that. The other advice I would give for people that are, as they're starting to age or change, and believe me, this with our stress these days, this can happen earlier than you think. Um, ED is a big problem for men, and women should encourage them to, you know, explore and find ways to uh, navigate that. On the other side of that, uh, women don't think that you are not sexy just because you are a certain age or a certain size or you put on weight or you don't 
You know, just because you don't make babies anymore, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Now it's about you. And it gets greater later, to quote my friend, Miss the fabulous Miss Bevy Smith, it gets greater later. And you don't have to worry about all that. You can just be fully yourself and a beautiful woman and know that your pleasure is your partner's pleasure. That's the other piece of advice I have. But if you don't have a partner, that's okay, too. Find something you want to try and explore it. You mentioned uh, many men who have to navigate erectile dysfunction, and there are pills for that. But what about women who are postmenopausal, menopausal, and in perimenopause who might be experiencing vaginal dryness? It's hormonal, and some things work, and some things don't work. So what's your advice for them? So there are medical aids. You can talk to your doctor. Hormones are something that are often discouraged for women. And that is a controversial subject that each person needs to make their own choice in getting hormone replacement therapy. But you can also buy copious and endless amounts of lube and find the one that works for you. At the end of the day, there should never be vaginal dryness in sexual play because they make lube all day long. I always say coconut oil. You can get it at the supermarket. It's, you know, absorbs into your skin. It smells good. It tastes good. <laughs> and Nurse Ryan is over here in the amen corner. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh yes. I'm so for this. It's the first thing I tell all of my clients is lube. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be play. You know, this is just play. And whether you're with yourself, with a partner, with multiple partners at any age, any body, we deserve to to have fun, you know, and the more you get to play, I feel like the happier your life is and whatever that playing is to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, Miss Lolly, ultimately, what do you hope people take away from your podcast? I hope that we could make the unconventional just a little bit more uh, safe and normal and that people will will want to explore new things and they'll feel like it's okay to do so, that they're not weird, that they're not, you know, um, devious or gross or anything like that. But it's just, you know, you're a human and, and every human has sexuality in, in some form and that it's just part of who we are. And so exploring it and really diving into it is, it just makes your life better. So why not? And I'm curious from all of you, how important do you think sex and sexuality are to our whole being? You got another hour? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, from a healthcare perspective, just, I mean, sex is beneficial to your mental well-being, your physical well-being, your cardiac health. I mean, it helps balance your hormones. It releases oxytocin, no matter your orgasm or not. I mean, the, the list of positive attributes of sexuality is just absolutely lengthy, but also just the peace of mind with someone who is learning to be comfortable enough to kind of explore their own sexuality and really get to know those sides of themselves, whether it's just what they like, self-pleasure, what they like with other people, different things they've never thought about. I mean, just that act of exploring is a part of getting to know yourself that I feel like we overlook a lot. And Mr. Sweet Tea? 
Well, I think as we're living longer, we need to really embrace our sexual health and our sexual wellness and pleasure in general because of several different reasons. We know studies show that social connection is a key factor into aging well and better outcomes long term. And we also know that people who feel pleasure in their bodies tend to take better care of themselves. And I'm not saying you have to eat a certain diet, weigh a certain weight, and all none of that. I'm just saying when you feel pleasure, and I've made it a goal to have pleasure in my body every day. And that tremendously changed things for me, even as a middle-aged woman having a different mindset, but we're living much longer. So the fact that, you know, we could spend a lot of our lives in as women in perimenopause and menopausal, we could spend more time now as we live longer with these new advances in healthcare and longevity and healthy living, we could spend more time as a perimenopausal menopausal woman than as a fertile woman. Now that would be a damn shame to not have a sexual life for more of your life than not. Miss Lolly, I'll give you the final word here. I mean, they did a beautiful job of explaining the medical side of it, the physical side of it, the emotional side of it. And I just feel like it is a big part of who we are in general and smashing it down or putting it in a box is, um, is really just diminishing a big portion of who we are. If we're going to live our best lives, we have to live our best sex life too. I've been speaking with Miss Lolly, the host of the new KPBS podcast, Everybody's Doing It with Miss Lolly, along with Mistress Sweet Tea and Nurse Ryan, who are both featured in this season of the podcast. New episodes are released every Thursday. Find Everybody's Doing It with Miss Lolly on all podcast platforms. And again, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. Give us a call at 619-452-0228. You can leave a message or you can email us at midday at kpbs.org. And if you ever miss a midday show, you can find the podcast on all platforms. I'm Jade Hindman. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.